Happy Mother's Day, everybody. Grateful for the opportunity to be with you this morning. Sometimes it's difficult uh, to preach in a second language. I never forget when I was in the church in Gaza, and we have a guest speaker from America. So, of course, he preached in English, but I have to translate for him into Arabic. And in the midst of the sermon, he said a joke, but I didn't understand it. I look at the people and said, folks, the preacher just said a joke, but I don't understand it. Please, please laugh to encourage him. <laughs> so it was a joke. So. Um, grateful uh, for the partnership Christian Mission to Gaza to have with uh, NBC for many years. Uh, together and with others, we were able to help on a regular basis 850 families, Iraqi Christian refugees in Jordan. We have six uh, leaders in Jordan who carry the ministry on a daily basis and also a leader in Gaza. But in the midst of pandemic, uh, we're able to have three Zooms every week, uh, every Sunday morning with the church in Gaza. And uh, every Saturday, we have a workshop for human development connected to the Bible. And uh, on Tuesday, we have a Zoom with the Iraqi Christian congregation in Jordan uh, every Tuesday, and we have hundreds of families connected on, on Zoom. So please uh, appreciate your prayer for that. I'm going to read this morning from uh, John chapter 6, uh, verse 60 to verse 71. John 6, verse 60 to 71. Um, in these verses, many disciples deserted Jesus. On hearing it, many of his disciples said, This is hard teaching. Who can accept it? Aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, Does this offend you? Then what if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? If you're not able to understand the cross, what about the resurrection and the ascension? Basically, he's saying, in verse 63, the spirit gives life, the flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of the spirit and life. Yet there are some of you who don't believe, for Jesus had known from the beginning which of them did not believe and who would betray him. He went on to say, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled them. From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. You don't want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the twelve. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe. And to know that you are the Holy One of God. Then Jesus replied, Have I not chosen you, that twelve? Yet one of you is a devil. He meant Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, who, though one of the twelve, was later to betray him. The word of the Lord. Let us come to the Lord with a prayer. Lord, we thank you for another opportunity. We thank you for your precious word. Lord, we just pray to bless it, to open our hearts and our minds this morning, to cover our weakness, Lord Jesus, under your precious blood. Give us freedom as we hear your word and as we share it. In Jesus' name we pray. 
Amen. I want uh, the title of my sermon, Ordinary Disciples Embraced by the Greatest Teacher. Ordinary Disciples Embraced by the Greatest Teacher. You know, one of the most beautiful places for me, it's the Sea of Galilee. Especially when we read in the Gospels where Jesus was walking in the seashore of Tiberias. And over there he met two brothers, Peter, Simon Peter, and his brother Andrew. After that he met the sons of Zebedee, James and John, and he called both of them to come and follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. I want to say, loved one, this morning, this is my story and your story. Whereas the Lord, by His grace and His mercy, He picked us up from the side of the road, and He washed us, and He cleansed us, and He forgave us, and He put His loving arm, which nailed on Calvary, and embraced embrace every one of us, and sent us to reflect His love and to share it wherever we go. This morning, I want to share with you about two groups of people who followed Christ. The first group, they are motivated by the flesh, but the second group, they are motivated by the Spirit. The first group, we see it in the beginning of chapter 6, when Jesus did this great miracle at the Sea of Galilee, where he fed thousands and thousands of people out of five loaves and two fish. Immediately, people get very excited, and they say, this is the prophet of, of the world, and they want to make him earthly king. Immediately, Jesus withdrew, went to the mountainside, and disappeared. They want to follow Christ out of popularity without the cross. And this, is, and this trend, loved one, we see it continuously in the Bible. Whereas the evil one try to do everything to prevent Jesus from going to the cross. The same group of people next day came looking for Jesus. And Jesus told them frankly, you didn't come because of the signs or the miracles or who I am. You came because you ate the loaves and had your fill. The religious leaders in the Gospel of John continuously are in conflict with Jesus. And they prevented themselves from following Jesus because they concerned too much and concerned more about their prestige and about their position, about their authority, and about personal gain in the community and in the society. And Paul telling Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 5, where is the false teacher using godliness as means of personal or financial gain. Other people follow Christ because they want that position, and we see that in the sons of Zebedee. When the mother came after Jesus had hard talk when he talked about his death and resurrection, and she said, in your kingdom, put one of my sons on your right and the other one on your left. Other people want to follow Christ for political gain. And we see this is in 
a movement at that time called the Zealots movement. And we know at least two of Jesus' disciples were part members before they converted. And that is Simon the Zealots, and the second is Judas the Iscariot. And in the ideology of this movement, they carry the Torah in one hand, and they carry the weapon in the other hand, and they want to use violence to push the occupiers or the Romans' occupation from Palestine at that time. And my question for you and for me this morning, why are we following Christ? When Jesus gave that challenge, unless you eat my flesh, unless you drink my blood, there is no life in you. The disciples, not the twelve, but the bigger circle, when they heard that challenge, they withdrew. withdrew. And I think for two reasons. First of all, their personal expectation, their personal selfish goals didn't fulfill as they follow Christ. So this is why they withdrew. Second, because they realize there is a cost to follow Christ. So this is why they withdraw and no longer following a Christ. Why we want to follow a Christ. You know, I like uh, to remind myself, it's an honor for us to be called Christians. But you know, the word Christian or Christians mentioned only three times in the whole Bible. But the word disciple mentioned 232 times. What I'm trying to say, the heart of God, loved one, for you and for me, not only to be called a Christian, but to be real followers and real disciples for Christ. Many people want to follow Christ. But the question, loved one, when there is a price have to be paid, how many of us are willing to pay that price? Remind me of Peter, in a difficult moment in his life, he wanted to follow Jesus from far away. But we see John and Mary, the mother of Jesus, is willing to go all the way to the cross. I have a good friend. I had a good friend back in Gaza. He was late 20s, having small families, two children, and his wife was pregnant. A militant group kidnapped him and forced him to be, to, to change to another faith, and he refused. He refused to deny his faith, and he was willing to pay the ultimate price. They executed him after 10 hours. I just want to say, loved one, we have brothers and sisters, not only in the Middle East, but around the world, literally, almost every day, many of them are willing to lay their life for what they believed in. I know that challenges here in the West is different, But all of us have challenges, and my prayer, God, help us. Whatever the challenges we face, help us indeed to be faithful, how to respond and how to reflect your love. We shouldn't be surprised, loved one, if there is a cross in your life or in my life. If there was a cross in the life of a Christ, don't be surprised if there is a cross in your life. Because there is no disciple better than his teacher, and there is no slave better than his master. And if there is a cross was in Christ's life, we shouldn't be surprised. And my prayer, Lord, if it's your will, one day I walk that road, 
Help me in the darkest hour of my life to keep my eyes in you. Help me not to be hesitant, not withdraw, but help me to follow you all the way. Why we follow Christ. The second group, loved one, they motivated by the Spirit. And uh, after Jesus and the disciples saw many people leaving, and these disciples from the bigger circle, they didn't really have this dedication, so they not the 12, of course, and uh, Jesus at this moment asked the 12, with, I imagine, with a broken heart, do you want also to leave? And Peter, as usual, the spokesman for the holy group, where to go? And the words of eternal life is with you. In other words, Peter saying, we've been searching, we've been looking, we've been trying. Nothing in the whole world is bring satisfaction and contentment and purpose and meaning to our life. Where to go? We found life in you. And the words of Jesus, where he said in the same passage we, we read, where he said, the words I spoken to you give you full life and give you also give you life and give uh, you this light that you walk with me. The disciples understood the challenge. They accepted. When Jesus said, unless you eat my flesh, unless you drink my blood, they understood this is metaphor. They understand what Jesus meant and they accepted. And they understood when he said, when you eat my flesh and when you drink my blood, you abide in me and I abide in you. And how to abide? In simple way, loved one, we abide in his love. Like we see in John 15, we abide in my love as I abide in my Father's love by keeping his commandments. And if we say we abide in his love by keeping his commandments, and his commandment is not heavy because his yoke is easy and his burden is light. So as we listen, as we learn from him, who is humble and gentle, we will find rest for our soul. Also to abide in his word. If you abide in me and my word abide in you, whatever you will ask, it will be done to you. And maybe you're surprised, how come? Because in the moment when he lives in you and you live in him, you are in harmony. So your will is matched with the will of the Lord. So this is why he said, whatever you will ask, it will be done for you. And the disciples who experience and follow Jesus by the Spirit have this proclamation. We have come. We have come to believe and we have come to know you are the Holy One of God. And I want to say, loved one, the definition of faith according to the Gospel of John is not believing in things or in situation, not even in events, not even in miracles, but to believe in a person for who he is and what he done. This is why seven miracles in the Gospel of John. And each miracle, Jesus revealed who he is. So when people see and understand, so they believed in him. 
and they followed him. And the second part, not only to believe, but to know. And the knowledge here is not theoretical knowledge, not in just in the mind, but the knowledge here, it transformed your heart and your life. And this is what Jesus prayed in John 17. May they know you, the true God, and Jesus Christ, you have sent. We need continuously, loved one, every day to grow in our faith and to grow in our knowledge. Paul, the great apostle, after 25 years of ministry, church planting, mission work, persecution, he comes in Philippians 3 and says, I want to know him. Wow. Don't you already knew him? After all these years, after all this ministry, I know him. But I want to know him in a better way, in a deeper way, in every day of my life. I want to experience the power of his resurrection. Even while I'm in this mortal body, I want to experience the power of resurrection right now. I want to share. I want to participate. I want the participation in his suffering. I want to be like him in his death. I want the image of Jesus in, uh, in my life. I want this beauty from inside out in every day of my life. I want not only to believe, but I want to know and continue to grow in this knowledge. In the end, Jesus said to the disciples, I have chosen you. And this is, these words really bring a lot of comfort to me. I remember when I felt God called me to the ministry, I said, Lord, I'm willing to go if you go with me. Because that will give me encouragement. Because there will be tough times sometimes in ministry. So when I feel discouraged, I know he's the one who called me. He's the one who chose me. And in the same time, when things are going well, and people come to faith and able to reach more people with God's love. It's easy sometimes the pride to come over you. But when you remind yourself it's his work and he's the one who called you and you're just a steward, that will protect you from pride as well. In the end, loved one, I just want to say and put this challenge before you and before me. We see... Many people want to follow Christ, but also we see many people left and no longer following Christ. In the scripture, we see people start well with God, but didn't finish well. We see some people didn't start well, but finished well. I can imagine many of us this morning started well with our walk with the Lord. As a young people, probably at that time, we said we want to live for God. We, want, we have this Othodeism to live by the power of love and forgiveness and to follow. But the challenge for you and for me this morning, not only to start well, but to finish well. We see Samson and we see Solomon. They started well, but the end it was very sad. I think one of the most beautiful things for you and for me as a follower of Christ, 
especially when we feel our life getting closer to be with the Lord face to face, that you're able to say in the presence of the Lord, with peace in your heart, with joy in your heart, Lord, what you trusted in my hands, what you trusted in my heart, I did my best, I know how. And then to hear his loving voice, well done, faithful servant, enter to the presence of your master. My prayer for us all this morning, Lord, help us the rest of our life, not to live it for ourselves, but to live it for the one who give his life for every one of us. Amen. Let us just take a moment as we bow before the Lord and say, Lord, thank you. If the Lord spoke to you, just take a moment, speak back, listen to him. And thank him for the honor, how he picked us up, how he opened the eyes of our heart to see him, to love him, to live for him. Just thank him for his goodness, his faithfulness, even when we are not. Because in the journey, we stumble and we have shortcoming. And he knows, he because he chose. And in spite of all of that, he still loves us. And no one in the whole universe loved us as he did. Lord, I pray to help us all indeed to follow you all the way even to the cross. Thank you is not by our strength, but by your grace, by your mercy. Wisdom from above as we continue this journey. We love you, Lord. We give you all the honor and all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen.